0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're gonna continue our series where we break down all 32 NFL teams and preview what you can expect from each offense heading into the 2023 fantasy football season. We're gonna take a look at what they did in the 2022 season, take a look at what personnel they have heading into 2023, and kinda outline our expectations and our outlook and our rankings for each player in that offense heading into 2023. Today, we are going to wrap up the AFC West. We have already covered the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Raiders. If you missed those episodes and you're listening on the audio podcast, please scroll down in the podcast feed. You can check out all three of those. The Raiders was the most recent one. It released yesterday. If you are on YouTube, check the link in the description. Um, You can find all three links to the Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders in the description of this video these outlooks these previews all this information that's going to be covered is objective information um, until we get to my final rankings so you can use these stats and this information for redraft dynasty and best ball leagues now if you are listening on youtube please hit the subscribe button It is free, it costs you nothing, and it really does help me out a lot. Please hit the like button also to help show your support. I'm trying to grow this channel and it really does help me out a lot when you guys do that. And if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast, please rate and review the podcast. Again, it really helps me out a lot. I used to think that people were just, you know, kind of just begging for help when people did that. But now that I am creating content, I do realize it really does matter. Your voice really does help me out a lot. And so I do appreciate it if you have already done so. Now, I did mention best ball earlier. If you're interested in playing best ball on one of the biggest best ball fantasy platforms on Underdog, you can use my promo code MConnelly88 to get your first deposit matched up to $100. That code is um, on the screen on YouTube right now. It is also linked in the pinned tweet on my Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. Um, so if you go find that, you can use that promo code get your first deposit matched. Also. Our fantasy football draft guide and draft rankings are out on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Link is in the description. If you plan on purchasing a magazine or you know purchasing any kind of premium site to help prepare for your fantasy football draft, use my Patreon. It is a lot cheaper, and you can get a lot of information on there for a lot more cost-effective point. And you can edit the information yourself on the spreadsheet and edit your ranks on the draft guide as well. All right, so... That does it for the introduction. Let's go ahead and get into the uh, Denver Broncos preview. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so let's go ahead and start talking Denver Broncos. So before you can understand what the Broncos are facing heading into the 2023 season, let's talk about what they did last season in 2022. This offense was... Um, wasn't good they were 21st in the league in total yards averaging 325 per game and they were dead last in the league in total points 16.9 points per game they also passed at the 13th highest rate in the league presumably because they were trailing in a lot of games last season now the Broncos season when you talk about their lack of success a lot of people will point to the disappointment of quarterback Russell Wilson more on him later but Kind of the guy that ended up being the scapegoat was head coach Nathaniel Hackett. He was in his first season as being an NFL head coach after previously being the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. And he was fired after just 15 games as being a Broncos head coach. Um, As somebody who's in the coaching industry, if you have not heard me mention this on the podcast before, I do coach high school football and basketball. You know, I never like to see coaches fired after, you know, like just 15 games or like after one full season. Like, I do think that there's an art to being a head coach, and some people have to learn that, which is why it's kind of crappy when you see a lot of jobs pop up. And one of their requirements is to have head coaching experience when they're looking for their new head coach. It, it kind of seems, um, you know, a little bit off putting, in my opinion, when people do that. But anyway, The bottom line is this, Nathaniel Hackett made a lot of very visible mistakes as a head coach, as a game manager, uh, and I wish him all the best success, but it definitely does open up this Broncos offense a little bit more heading into the 2023 season. If you look at the two games after Nathaniel Hackett was fired, he ever or this team averaged 27.5 points in those two games and 252 passing yards in those two games. They were really a much more wide open, higher scoring offense after Nathaniel Hackett was fired, uh, and so it kind of led a lot of people to think that the Broncos front office got it right. Again, as somebody in the coaching industry, I never wish like lack of success on anybody, so I do wish Nathaniel Hackett the best. But it does seem pretty straightforward that this offense was a little bit better. After he was done away with, now in the off season, they got a guy who can surely help improve their offense even more. They got Sean Payton out of retirement, previous head coach of the New Orleans Saints. When Sean Payton was the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, he was there for 15 seasons. They finished in the top 10 in total yards 13 out of those 15 seasons. They finished in the top 10 in total points in 12 out of those 15 seasons, and they led the league in total yards six. Now, the worst season offensively that they had was 2021, um, which was the last year of quarterback Drew Brees before he retired. So it led a lot of people to think that, that Sean Payton was not at the top of his game anymore. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't think the quarterback play with Brees in his last year was great. And I do think that Sean Payton is an elite offensive mind. I think the year off may have helped him a little bit, kind of get a clear head, kind of reevaluate some things. And I do expect this offense to be a lot more successful heading into the 2023 season. Now, if that offense is going to be successful, it's going to have to be because of quarterback Russell Wilson. As I mentioned earlier, he was a little bit of a disappointment after coming over in a big-time trade from Seattle. But I kind of think that this year is looking up a little bit. Last season, though, he finished as quarterback 16 overall and quarterback 18 overall. In fantasy points per game. It was his second career finish outside the top 13 quarterbacks. He'd previously been a very reliable fantasy quarterback when he was in Seattle. Last season, he set career lows in touchdowns and completion percentages on the Denver Broncos. Now, the good news, though, is that he did lead the NFL in deep pass attempts. But the bad news is, is that he was only 18th in deep completion percentage. So he was throwing the ball deep a lot, but he just wasn't completing them very often. He was also fourth in the league in air yards per attempt, meaning that he was throwing the ball deep down the field pretty consistently, right? Now, when Nathaniel Hackett was the head coach, he only had two weekly finishes where he was in the top 15 quarterbacks. It's not good. He was quarterback four in week four and then quarterback three in week 14. However, after Nathaniel Hackett was fired, we mentioned that the whole offense had a lot more success. Well, Russell Wilson had a lot more success. They finally decided to let Russ cook. I had to say it. Uh, He finished as QB four in week 17 and then QB one overall in week 18. Now, here's the bottom line heading into next season. With Sean Payton coming in as the head coach, with Nathaniel Hackett no longer in the picture, and with a Philly healthy receiving core, more on that later, I think that Russell Wilson has a little bit of upside heading into this year. However, right now, quarterback is a super deep position in fantasy football. He ranks as my quarterback 17 heading into next season. He is around the likes of Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and Jared Goff. I think he should be drafted as a backup in most fantasy leagues, but he does possess legitimate starter upside. Like I could very conceivably see a situation where If you draft a guy like Justin Herbert as your starter, you can get Russell Wilson as your backup, um, and he is going to give you that legitimate upside that once he starts having a good season, if Herbert's having a good season too, you could possibly trade Russell Wilson for a guy who has a disappointing or an injured quarterback. I think he does possess a lot of upside, but the depth of that quarterback position does keep his overall rank down. Now, in best ball leagues, I think it makes a lot of sense to pair Russell Wilson with Justin Herbert. It's kind of why I just mentioned that example, because those two teams do play in week 17, which is what we want for best ball leagues. If you listen to my five strategies for best ball drafting video, or not video, podcasts, excuse me, um, then you will have noticed that week 17 correlation is an important factor in succeeding in best ball, and those two teams do play in week 17. I really do like that pairing. Now, I, I got to say it one time Russell Wilson, you know. Less ride, all right? Uh, Now, let's go ahead and take a look at the running back position. So the running back position was a revolving door in 2022 for the Broncos. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon entered the season as the primary running backs in Denver, but Javante Williams tore his ACL after four games and Melvin Gordon was cut after the Broncos season started spiraling after 10 games. Latavius Murray was signed as a replacement after Javante Williams' injury and then Chase Edmonds was traded for from Miami at the trade deadline. Marlon Mack was also a package player that they used primarily on passing downs in the second half of the season. Like I said, I believe I just mentioned six total names there. A lot of usage for the running backs, you know, a lot, a lot of different names for the running back position for the Broncos in 2022. Now, with that being said, there was no one running back who really stole the show, In totality in 2022, Broncos running backs totaled three top 10 weekly finishes and only nine top 20 weekly finishes. However, there were six weeks where two Broncos running backs were starting caliber and they had two running backs in the top 30. Of that week, now Javante Williams was the most effective of the bunch. He averaged thirteen fantasy points per game in the three games that he finished. It would be kind of unfair to count week four where he did not finish the game, um, and it was an improvement over twenty twenty one. He did average twelve point one fantasy points in twenty twenty one, which was good for RB twenty twenty or RB twenty two in that season. Holy crap, I said twenty a lot there. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Javante Williams is going to be the guy who has the most upside. In this Broncos offense, he's going to be the guy who has the most historical success at the running back position in this Broncos offense. Now, what is also important to note is that whether the Broncos were coached by Nathaniel Hackett or otherwise, they love throwing to the running backs. They were targeted at the eighth highest rate last season. Which leads me into my next point of conversation. Sean Payton has had a lot of success with running backs in a, or from a fantasy football perspective in his offenses. Alvin Kamara was a top eight fantasy running back every year where he played with Sean Payton. Mark Ingram was top 12 all four years from 2014 through 2017. Darren Sproles finished his RB8, RB8 and RB25 in three years with Sean Payton. Tim Hightower If you do not know who that is, I don't blame you. He averaged 14 fantasy points per game in 2015 with the Saints. And then Pierre Thomas, back when the Saints were winning Super Bowls, finished as a top 25 running back five separate times in a Sean Payton offense. So the bottom line is this. Sean Payton offenses can support two top 25 fantasy running backs at the same time and they do target the running back position in the passing game quite a bit. This is a very lucrative spot for whoever is going to be playing the snaps in Denver this season. So let's talk about who might be playing those snaps. In Denver this season. The running backs currently on the Broncos roster are Javante Williams, Samaje Pirine, and Tony Jones Jr. Tony Jones Jr. played with Sean Payton as his coach in New Orleans, but has never been a lead back, never really had a whole lot of sustained fantasy success. Samaje Pirine was primarily a third down back in Cincinnati in the last three seasons. And when he was given like starters workload, he was very successful. In three starts last season when Joe Mixon was injured, Piron averaged 24 fantasy points per game in that stretch. So Samashe Piron gave a good pop when he was the starter in Cincinnati. So could he do something as a starter in Denver? I don't know, because here's the deal. I did mention that Javante Williams tore his ACL last season. He may or may not be ready for week one. I think a lot of experts are kind of projecting him to be ready for week one, but you never really know with ACL injuries. Um, it's quite possible that he is either A, not active in week one, or B, not seeing a full workload week one, there was a similar timing standpoint with Saquon Barkley when he tore his ACL a few years back. And in week one, they kind of eased him back into action. It wasn't until like week three or four where he was like full workload Saquon Barkley. So with Williams not, or potentially not being ready for week one, we know that this offense is super lucrative for running backs. So Samaje Piran currently exists as a handcuff for Williams, who has standalone value as a presumed starter in week one, and as a pass catching back also in this Sean Payton offense. I like Samaj Perine Ryan a lot, particularly in best ball drafts. I think if you draft somebody like a Brees Hall or an Alvin Kamara, In best ball drafts, guys who you know are probably not going to play in week one, Samajé Piran has a lot of value because he's probably going to start week one, and he's not just going to disappear back on the bench when Javante Williams comes back. He's going to be used as a pass catching back. For season-long leagues, Javante Williams is my RB26. The uncertainty around his injury situation makes that a little cloudy, and Samajé Piran is my RB33 in season long leagues. I really like Samaje Piran heading into the season. I'm a lot higher in my ranks than consensus when it comes to Samaje Piran. All right, now let's go ahead and change gears just a bit and let's talk about the wide receiver position. So last year, the Broncos targeted wide receivers at the fifth lowest rate in the NFL, which kind of checks with them targeting running backs quite a lot, and they targeted tight ends quite a lot as well. More on that in a second. Now, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton were pretty much the two-man wide receiver room For the Broncos last season. They were the only two Broncos receivers to post a snap share that was over 60%. They were the only two Broncos receivers to score more than 14 fantasy points in a single game. They were the only two Broncos receivers to record a weekly finish better than 30th, and they were the only two Broncos receivers to finish in the top 100 fantasy wide receivers last season yeah, those two really dominated the wide receiver room last year. So let's start kind of looking back while also looking ahead for Jerry Judy. So Jerry Judy finished as wide receiver 22 overall and wide receiver 19 in fantasy points per game. He did miss two games, I believe it was. Um, And he did that on not a huge workload. He only was targeted 100 times, which was 32nd among wide receivers last season. And he had a target share of 20.8%, which was 35th among wide receivers last season. Uh, And he did that not playing like a full-time, full-time role either. He was only... Uh, with a 71% snap share last season. Now, granted, he did miss two games, um, so you can kind of factor that in a little bit, but he was not on the field as much as a lot of the other top wide receivers last season. He also operated primarily out of the slot, and the advanced metrics did not love um, his efficiency against man coverage. However, when you look at it as a whole, Judy With finishing his wide receiver 22 overall, while his targets and target share numbers were much lower than 22nd, he was pretty efficient when it came to his fantasy points per target and fantasy points per route run. Now, Judy also kind of had a little bit of an up-and-down year in terms of his weekly fluctuation. He did have seven weekly top 25 finishes, but he finished the season really strong, finishing as a starting caliber wide receiver, meaning he was in the top 30. In each of the last five weeks of the season, including wide receiver one in week 14 and wide receiver three in week 18. That strong ending to the season really does give me a lot of optimism that Jerry Judy's really found his footing in the NFL and can be a really good, productive fantasy wide receiver moving forward. Now, Cortland Sutton did not quite have the success that Judy did last year. Sutton finished his wide receiver 43 overall and wide receiver 40 in fantasy points per game. He was targeted 109 times, which was 27th among wide receivers, and commanded a 23.1% target share, which was 25th among wide receivers. Um, if you're counting, he did have more targets and a higher target share than Jerry Judy. He was less efficient with those targets, however, primarily because he Function as the Broncos' primary deep threat, as he had more deep targets, had a higher average depth of target, and had more air yards than Jerry Judy. However, the being the deep threat last year with the Broncos' ineffectiveness at throwing the deep ball did not really give a whole lot of success for Cortland Sutton. He never had a week where he finished in the top ten wide receivers, and he only had three weeks as a top twenty wide receiver. So there was never really a time last year where he went like full Will Fuller, let's say, where he had two catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns. He never had a game like that, but he was getting targeted deep on the regular. Now, this stat I think is very telling when it comes to these two wide receivers and their outlook for 2023. Stats courtesy of Jacob Gibbs on Twitter. Um, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Together in their careers, have run a total of 586 career routes together. In those routes, Judy has out targeted Cortland Sutton by 28 targets. He has out gained Cortland Sutton by 689 yards. And then he has scored 228 PPR points on those snaps, whereas Sutton has scored 120 PPR points on those snaps. He is nearly doubling up Cortland Sutton in terms of fantasy production when they are on the field together in their careers. So naturally, Judy looks to be the much better fantasy commodity heading into 2023. However, he has been injury prone, and if Sutton were to have you know the show to himself, Sutton would have a lot of value. Now, this wide receiver room is going to be a little more crowded this year. The Broncos will be getting back wide receiver Tim Patrick from a torn ACL prior to the 2022 season. They're also returning fourth-year player K.J. Handler from a midseason seizing injury last season. And they also drafted Marvin Mims Jr. from Oklahoma in the second round of this past year's draft. Now, personally, I think Marvin Mims has a lot of upside. Watching him at Oklahoma, he was really one of the most misused players in college football last season. Mims is like... A big play waiting to happen kind of like he's let me think of the best example for this he's not quite as fast as Tyreek Hill and he's a little bigger than Tyreek Hill but he could kind of be used in that similar way of just a guy who can take the top off of the defense or a guy who when you get the ball in his hands is going to be very productive with it but Oklahoma last year they didn't really use him in that way. They were a much more conservative offense without Lincoln Riley at the helm. They didn't really look to target Marvin Mims deep as much as I personally would have. So I do think it's interesting to see that Sean Payton did go out and draft this wide receiver. And we've seen deep threat receivers have a lot of success in Sean Payton offenses. Think Devery Henderson. Think Ted Ginn Jr. You know, we've also seen big receivers have success in the Sean Payton offense. Think um, Marcus Colston. Think... Uh, Michael Thomas to an extent, and, you know, we've also seen kind of the slots have success in a Sean Payton offense. Think Brandon Cooks, um, think Willie Sneed. So I do think that, you know, all three of those roles kind of profile for Marvin Mims as the deep threat, Cortland Sutton as the big body, you know, possession receiver, and um, Jerry Judy as kind of the slot wide receiver. Now, when we look to next season, looking at where they rank for me, Judy is obviously going to be ahead of Sutton, and the depth chart is a bit of a mess after this, but like I said, I think Mims has the most upside as a rookie who has draft capital that was invested by the new coaching staff and the new regime in Denver. So I do think that Mims has the most upside out of anybody not named Judy or Sutton. It'll be interesting to see if that is in fact how it plays out. Um, Mims is actually my seventh ranked rookie wide receiver this season. But in terms of overall ranks, Judy is my wide receiver 23. Um, I think he's a pretty safe um mid to end of the fifth round pick i have him ranked around the likes of terry mclaurin um, sutton is my wide receiver 38 he's ranked right behind brandon Ayuk in my ranks and then marvin mims is my wide receiver 66 heading into next season now let's go ahead and talk about the tight end position so the Broncos targeted tight ends at the 13th highest rate in the league last season. Um, I was very high on Albert O. Albert O. heading into last season, and he started the season as the starting tight end. But whatever, something happened, and he quickly fell out of favor with last year's coaching staff for the Broncos, but he did have a late resurgence in Week 17. Alberto did have two solid weekly finishes. He finished his tight end 16 in Week 1 when he was the starter and tight end 9 in Week 17, but he was virtually. Irrelevant in every other week. He is still on the Broncos roster as one of their tight ends, though. Greg Dulcich is the name that you need to know. He was a rookie last season who turned in five weekly top 12 performances, even though he did not catch a pass until week six, and he also did not play in the last two weeks. So, what ended up happening was Dulcich actually finished the season as tight end 17 in fantasy points per game, which is not bad considering that he was a rookie and he did not play in seven games. Now in those games that he did play, he did command a 17% target share and he did play 193 snaps out of the slot. He didn't line up as an inline tight end as much as a lot of other traditional tight ends. And that caused his receiving role to be more like that of a wide receiver than a tight end. He had a 10.6 average depth of target, which ranked third among tight ends. Now, the Broncos did go out and sign former New Orleans St. Adam Troutman, who did play under Sean Payton in New Orleans. So the Broncos' tight end depth chart is going to be some combination of Dulcich, um, Alberto, and Adam Troutman. I personally think that um Dulcich is going to end up being the starter however obviously that does carry a little bit of risk with Albert O being a supremely talented player and Adam Troutman coming in with that familiarity of the Sean Payton offense so Dulcich does rank as my tight end 13 heading into next season he is probably at the top of the tight ends that I would draft not planning to be my starter whatsoever. I I have him ranked behind Cole Komet and ahead of Dalton Kincaid and Chig Okonkwo of the Titans. So... I don't think he's a very safe pick, but I do think with how he ended the season last season, he does possess a lot of upside. And that tight end role in a Sean Payton offense, we've seen it from Jimmy Graham. We've seen it from other guys over the years. That is a very productive role. And if he does take that role, then he can be a very solid fantasy player. He does possess a lot of upside heading into 2023. All right, so that does it for the Denver Broncos. 2023 fantasy football team preview. If you like what you heard on this podcast, please like the video on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. It really helps me out a lot. If you're listening to the audio podcast, please hit that subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop. And please rate and review if you're on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that allows ratings and reviews. I know Spotify does ratings, but not reviews. Every little bit helps. I do genuinely appreciate it. Now, if you subscribe, you'll be notified when new episodes drop. So you'll be notified when our golf episode for the Rocket Mortgage Classic drops next week. And you'll also be notified when we do our next 2023 fantasy football team preview. I do believe we are going to be heading over to the NFC East next Um, So you will catch all four of those teams coming up here on YouTube and on the podcast feed over the next few weeks. We're also going to be doing a whole lot of other fantasy football content coming your way this summer. So if you're subscribed, you'll be notified when all the new videos drop. All right. So hopefully you guys got a lot of information here out of this video that you can use to dominate your fantasy league, to crush a dynasty draft, or, you know, to dominate a best ball draft as well. And hopefully help you guys give a little bit more of an understanding on what the Denver Broncos offense is going to look like heading into next season. So thank you guys for listening. I will see you again next time. And for the road, Broncos country, let's ride.